Hey, welcome to another year of Bible Study Fellowship. We're so glad you're here with us. We've been on break over the summer, but we're back, and uh, we're going to be studying this year People of the Promise. It's part two of the People of the Promise study. We did part one a couple years ago, but this year we're going to be looking at People of the Promise, Kingdom Divided. So over the next 30 weeks, we're going to be examining the kings of the nation of Israel. There were 39 of them that ruled the northern and southern kingdoms over a period of 500 years. And as we think about the amount of material that this could possibly cover, it reminds me a little bit of uh, preparing to go on a trip. When you when you're packing your bag, or if it's an overnight trip, or if it's a vacation, you're going to be evaluating how long am I going to be gone for, how big is my piece of luggage, and what are some of the things that I'm going to be doing on this trip. And you're going to go through all the shirts and shoes and hats and glasses in your closet, and you're going to decide, these are the things that I can take with me when I go on my trip. As you have less and less space to pack with, you have to be more and more deliberate in the choices that you make. One of the things that is always important for me when I'm packing is to know, well, what am I going to be doing? Am I, is it a summertime trip where I'm going to be spending a lot of time on the water? Maybe I'll need to pack, you know, different things for that. Or is this a wintertime trip where I'm going to need to be outside in the snow? Uh, and so the purpose of your journey will often guide your decision making as you decide what's going to go into the suitcase or the backpack. As we go into this examination of the history of the kings of, of Israel, we're, we're going to have to understand how the author decided what did he want to or she, what, what needed to be included in the study of these 39 kings. It's a 500-year window of time. You can't get everything. And so there had to be some criteria or method that the author followed to decide what was going to be packed in to the book of First and Second Kings and First Second Chronicles as we go through those as well. What are the high points that I'm going to include? Is it is it the events that everyone remembered? You know, maybe if you were writing a, a story or a remembering the time that we're living through today, you would talk about coronavirus or you'd talk about the war in Ukraine. But there was a lens that the author of Kings used. And that lens, uh, we're going to learn over the course of the study, was the book of Deuteronomy. But before we jump into that, we're going to be thinking about uh, and trying to understand how uh, obedience to God brings blessing and disobedience to God brings consequences. And we're going to see that borne out in the lives of the kings of Israel. And that's a major theme also of the book of Deuteronomy. And we're going to see the author of Kings is going to be looking back at uh, Deuteronomy was a, a sermon of Moses towards the end of his life, and it was filled with uh, blessings for obedience of, to God and consequences for disobedience to God. The book of Kings had to be written sometimes after the fall of the city of Jerusalem, the southern kingdom of Jerusalem known as Judah. History tells us that in 586 BC or 587 BC was the time frame when that kingdom fell. More than likely, the author of this book had seen the nation of Israel be taken into captivity. The northern kingdom ended up in uh, the nation of Assyria, and the southern kingdom ended up as captives in the nation of Babylon. We don't know who the author is, 
but the author wants us to understand that there is a reason that the nation of Israel now finds themselves in this situation. And the author is going to help explain the current plight of the people of Israel by looking back at Deuteronomy and using that book as a filter to look at the behavior and the patterns of behavior of the kings of the nation of Israel, the southern kingdom, and, uh, I'm sorry, Judah, the southern kingdom, and Israel, the northern kingdom uh, of the the nation of Israel. Uh, One of the things that we'll find in Deuteronomy is Deuteronomy 8.19. If you forget the Lord your God and go after other gods and serve and worship them, I solemnly warn you today that you shall surely perish. We're going to see some of those those details highlighted as we go through uh, the, the study of the kings of Israel. Uh, there's a blessing that we can find in Deuteronomy 7.13. Uh, he will love you, he referring to God. He will love you, bless you, and multiply you. He will bless the fruit of your womb and the fruit of the ground. And we're going to see blessing that was poured out on the people of Israel as they were obedient to God and to God's law. Uh, We're going to jump in next week, and we're going to be looking right away at the end of Solomon's reign and some of the problems that Solomon ran into late in his life. Uh, 1 Kings 11, 1 through 13, Solomon's many wives and concubines are evaluated through the lens of Deuteronomy. Uh, Deuteronomy 17, 17 is actually quoted in uh, the 1 Kings passage about Solomon, and he shall not acquire many wives for himself lest his heart turn away, uh, turn away from the Lord. And so, uh, again, we're going to see this, this Deuteronomic lens that the author is going to give us as he goes through and evaluates the kings of Israel. So, what are the things that are going to be packed into the books of First and Second Kings? It's going to be things that would have made sense or that flow from uh, the book of Deuteronomy. In a certain sense, what I have started to think about, uh, Deuteronomy was a, was a Moses's final communication with the nation of Israel before he died. It was everything that Moses had learned that he wanted to pass on to the people of Israel. It was all of the things that he had learned on the mountain with the Lord. And over years and years of serving the Lord, Moses had all this wisdom that God had given him, and he was trying to convey it to the nation of Israel in the book of Deuteronomy. And so, in a certain sense, we can say uh, the book of First and Second Kings is the author's attempt for what would Moses say about Solomon or Jeroboam or Rehoboam or Hezekiah and the other people that we are going to look at. So, you can think about that notion of what would Moses say. And, and that is going to be one of the lenses that the author of First uh, and Second Kings goes through. There's going to be another voice that we're going to hear from as we go through and as we look at this time frame of the period of the kings, and that voice is the prophets. So, uh, the prophets are people that God raised up to speak to the nation. Now, most of the time, the prophets would be speaking to or speaking with the kings of Israel. One of the prophets that we're going to look at is the prophet Isaiah. He has a book in the Old Testament. We're going to look at some of Isaiah. We're going to look at all of Isaiah during the study. And Isaiah 1.1 opens the vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, 
Jotham, Ahaz, Hezekiah, kings of Judah. So as we have opportunities to look at the prophetic books in the Old Testament, we're going to look at those books and we're going to understand what the prophets were saying to the kings of the nation of Judah, southern kingdom, Israel, the northern kingdom. Most of the prophetic writings that we're going to look at are going to have large sections of text that begin with, thus saith the Lord. And so we're going to hear the Lord's direction, the Lord's recommendations, the Lord's counsel that he gives through the prophets to the kings of Judah and Israel. So what would Moses say? One of the things we're going to hear about in the study. And the other one is what is God saying to these kings, these leaders of the nation of Judah and Israel? Now, the goal of our study this year is not to launch into a review of history. Uh, we are going to be looking at some historical events that are presented to us in the Bible, but this isn't going to be a history class. We are trying to understand, as we study God's Word, more about who God is and understand how it is that God is going to fulfill the promises that He made to Abraham and to David. Uh, what is it going to look like uh, as as God is interacting with the descendants of David, with the descendants of Abraham, how will God be faithful to carry out the promises that he made to these men? Very quickly, if we think about Genesis 12, God's promise to Abraham, go from your country, your kindred, your father's house, go to the land I will show you, and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, And him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of earth will be blessed. So how is God going to be able to carry out that promise to Abraham as we move into the next generation of rulers of Israel? Uh, God made a promise, a covenantal promise to David as David became the, 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 the second king of the, the, the consolidated, northern and southern kingdoms consolidated in 1 Samuel 7, very early on in his kingship. The Lord said that God himself would establish a house for you. When your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to secede you, your own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father. He will be my son. When he does wrong, I will punish him with a rod wielded by men, with floggings inflicted by human hands. But my love will never be taken away from him, as I took it away from Saul, whom I removed from before you. Your house and your kingdom will endure forever. Your throne will be established forever. So as we think about these great covenantal promises that God made to Abraham and to David, As we move into the time of the kingdom divided, we're going to see God's faithfulness, his mercy, his patience, his compassion, his judgment, his deliverance are going to be on display. We're going to see how the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob is still the God of David and the God of Solomon and the God of Rehoboam and the God of Jeroboam. We're going to see how God's character and, and his fulfillment of promises is going to look as the hearts of the nation of Israel become harder 
and begin to turn away from the one true God towards other pursuits. Uh, First and Second Kings is going to be an opportunity for us to learn about who God is and how God cares for his people. And that's the part that's relevant to us today. God hasn't changed. God is the same God. He is going to interact with his people in the same way. And we're going to look back at this time of the kings, and we're going to understand how God is able to fulfill his promises and his purposes, even though there is a lot that looked bleak in the time of the nation of Israel. So we're looking forward to you joining us for this 30-week study. We'll be on YouTube once a week with one of our lectures. We, of course, have content that's going to be available at mybsf.org. And we'll be in person at Kirk of the Hills Presbyterian Church, Monday nights, 7 to 9 p.m. We'd love to have you join us, either virtually or in person. Let me pray for us and ask God's blessing as we begin this study. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you are the same God who cared for David and for Solomon and for the kings of Israel, and you still take care of your people today. Lord, as we come into this massive study, I pray that you would give us exactly what we need, exactly what we need to know about you. Give us the perseverance to study, uh, and Lord, I pray that your spirit would give us the insight to understand how you want to teach us about yourself as we study your word. We lift this study to you and ask that your will would be done and that Jesus would be lifted up. Pray all this in your name. Amen. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate you being here. We'll see you next week.